Hello, good morning. Andre here. Welcome to yet another episode of the Daily. Today's episode is for the 30th of June, Tuesday. A very good morning to you. Let's begin the podcast. Well, this might be a controversial opinion, but my least favorite food in the world is the durian. I know it's in season right now and many of you are enjoying buying durian, enjoying your durian, basking in the aroma and the texture of the durian, but myself, Amy, we just absolutely cannot stand the durian. The smell, the taste, the texture, all of it just completely grosses me out. And you know, my personal opinion is that with a fruit that looks like that, with its thorns, it kind of sends a signal to you, doesn't it, that you shouldn't go near it. But alas, some of you are brave and courageous. You break through the thorns to get to that fleshy, gooey kind of center. Power to you. Well, uh, this morning I thought I'll talk about a different kind of thorn, and uh, this is from Second Corinthians chapter twelve. And many of you are familiar with this passage of scripture where Paul the apostle uh, writes about this thorn in the flesh that he was battling with, that he had to overcome, that he struggled with. And this is where we get the popular phrase "a thorn in the flesh." It actually originates from scripture, right? We see it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me read to you uh, this chunk of scripture and share with you some thoughts this morning. Starting from verse 6, this is the Apostle Paul uh, speaking. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. Verse 7, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in infirmities that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, this passage of scripture, I'm sure many of us are familiar with a couple of the verses that we've read, right? That verse that goes, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. That last line, it says, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. Now, these are verses we quote really often, especially when we go through moments in time where we need the strength, the grace of God, right? Think about competitions that you used to have. You would declare, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Think of uh, an obstacle that you have to overcome. Think of a particular breakthrough you're contending for. These are verses that we'll quote, that we'll declare in faith. But I'd just like to draw us to the context to which these verses were written. And it was written in a context of suffering, but it was not just your run-of-the-mill kind of circumstance, but Paul would describe this kind of suffering as something that came from Satan. And that kind of like gives us a picture of how intense this suffering was. It was something that he pleaded with God to take away from him. But God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. And it's almost like God 
ordained and desired for him to go through this kind of trial, circumstance, challenge in order for something to be formed and perfected in him. And Paul would also say that, you know, lest I become exalted or conceited or boastful, this was given to me. And it was almost as though this thorn was given to Paul for the purpose of spiritual maturity and character formation. And that is why Paul would end off with saying that he takes pleasure, such a strong word, right? He takes pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, because it's all for Christ's sake. Now, there's been a lot of speculation over the years of uh, Paul's thorn, right? This thorn in the flesh we read about. It's probably one of the most famous uh, kind of afflictions in human history. Paul's thorn... Uh, could have been a kind of physical affliction, a sickness. Uh, it could be uh, physical violence that he endured. Uh, some would say that it could be a kind of eye disease. Paul was going blind. Uh, some might say it's anxiety from dealing with all the stresses in that day. It was kind of a spiritual, psychological kind of struggle, the cumulative trauma of persecution. But given the context of 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and 12, his thorn, this thorn that he describes, could very well possibly be people around him. It could be fellow comrades or colleagues in ministry that have gone wayward or astray and are trying his patience. In chapter 11, Paul writes about false brothers, meaning people who would portray themselves as a close kin, as a close friend, but yet uh, be completely two-faced right, and betray him. Although we can speculate a whole lot here, the point really isn't what the thorn was right, or, what, or who the thorn was. The point is what God's purpose was for the thorn. And Paul makes two amazing and somewhat initially disturbing statements about this painful thorn in the same sentence. In 2 Corinthians 12 verse 7, it says this, it is to keep him from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of revelations that he is receiving. A thorn was given in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet him or to harass him. And the first amazing claim that Paul makes about this is that this thorn is that God gave him this thorn. Here it is. God gave him this thorn. And it's clear from the context that Paul identified God as the thorn giver, not so much Satan. And he understood that God's purpose was to keep Paul humble and dependent on Christ. Now I know I may have opened up a theological can of worms just by saying that, but I'd like to address this scripture uh, in greater length at another time. The point I would like to make uh, just for this podcast today is this, that God in his kindness toward us will at times put stuff in our lives, in our path that's difficult, that's trying, that's uncomfortable, and it is for the purpose of spiritual maturity, of growth, of formation. God is a good father. He gives good things. He gives good gifts. But he's also a good father that desires for his children to grow, for his children to be mature, to be well equipped for life. He is a good father. At times we have an image of God that is kind of like a cosmic kind of Santa Claus, right? God just comes with good gifts. He's jolly. He's happy. He gives us good things. But that isn't the God that is described in the Bible. 
God as described in the Bible is yes, he who is good, he who gives good things, but it's also he who judges, he who disciplines, he who chastens, who confronts when his children go astray and wayward. That is our God. He is a good father that wants to give us good things, but more than that, he is also invested in us, in our flourishing. And so for Paul, that which God allowed to enter into his life for the purpose of maturity, for the purpose of preserving him, his character, was described as a thorn in the flesh. And as I mentioned earlier, based on my reading of that entire text, I believe that this thorn, this trying circumstance, was probably not an illness or a sickness or a condition, but I believe it was people. I believe that people around Paul at a point of time were testing him, were trying him in his patience, in his kindness, in his uh, resolution. These were people that he described as messengers of Satan sent to harass, to buffet him. Now that is immensely strong language and I'm no way saying that all of us need messengers of Satan in our life. Uh, we need to invite these voices of uh, evil and deception into our lives but I think there's a principle that we can learn from this story. The principle is such that at times we need people in our lives to try us, to test us, to challenge us such that we may grow and mature in God. A leadership book that I read uh, recently notes that these days we have moved from a culture of hierarchy to purarchy, meaning a culture that is built upon small groups, small circles of friends. And he makes this observation uh, that if we examine the circle of our friends closely, there's an inherent narcissism at play because we tend to seek our friends, seek out friends who mirror our own opinions, our own views of the world, our own interests. And then these small groups, in a way, reinforces our already very narrow view of the world. Moreover, we are prone to submit to the power of peers. Things social anxiety, peer group pressure and competition, they all dictate uh, decisions and or inactions in our life. A popular teaching that has made its way around the church circle is that we as believers need to surround ourselves with like-minded people. And I think there's some truth in that, that we need to surround ourselves with the counsel of the wise. We need to uh, have close friends who are fellow believers of Christ, who are after kind of the same spiritual goal and we spur each other on we are to have people who are like-minded around us but i think there's an extreme that we can take that teaching to a point where we silence every kind of contrary view opinion or we push out people that look different from us think different from us express themselves differently from us and in doing so we form a kind of bubble that feeds this inherent narcissism and that is because we only allow for ourselves to be influenced and exposed to people who look like us, who think like us, whom we find palatable and whom we get along well with, whom are prone to agree with us. And so not only is our narrow view of the world constantly reinforced, we actually miss out on tremendous growth opportunities that can come from interacting and being exposed, being challenged and even being irked by people who aren't like us. 
Romans chapter 15 verse 5 says this, Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. Now this scripture is not a charge for all of us to think in the same way, nor is it necessarily for all of us to be in agreement with one another. It is talking about Christ-like conduct. And in this instance, being like-minded means thinking and acting like Christ. If we are more like Christ in our thinking and conduct, then the hope is that we will attract more Christ-minded, more Christ-like people. So the goal of our lives isn't so much to be surrounded by people who think more like us, it is to be surrounded by people who think more like Christ. I want to be surrounded by people who think more like Christ and less like me. In summary, it's nice to have like-minded people around you, people who act, feel, think, perceive things like you do, but it is better to have Christ-minded people around you. People who are not afraid to challenge you to look more like Him, speak more like Him, and be more like Him. Moreover, aside from the Christian context, if we are never challenged, we will never grow. In life, you need to be exposed to people who think differently in order to open your mind to different perspectives in this world. And we also need to be exposed to people who don't act in the way we want them to act. And in those interactions, in these relationships, that is where we cultivate the fruit of patience, of kindness, of gentleness, of withholding criticism, of bridling our anger and quick-temperedness. We need this kind of relationships in our life. We need to have these people in our circle of friends to challenge, to provoke us such that we may mature in Christ. So as we conclude today's podcast, I would like for us to spend some time even thinking about who are some of the thorns in our life, right? Who are some of the people that God has placed in our lives, that God has permitted to come into our lives, to challenge us, to provoke us, such that we may, just as Paul be, preserved from conceitedness, from boastfulness, such that we may be provoked into spiritual growth and maturity. Who are some of these people in our lives and will we, like Paul, take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in persecutions, in distresses? And I'll even go further and say, will we take pleasure in relationships that are challenging, knowing that these relationships are producing something deep, something real, something profound in us? May we move away from a kind of exclusive kind of community that's just full of like-minded people to one that is inclusive, one that doesn't shy away from different but instead seeks out diversity, welcomes other points of view, embraces opposite desires to see the other side of every issue. It is in that kind of community where we surround ourselves with people that constantly challenge us and at times disagree with us in love. That is where we grow. May we grow and learn to embrace the thorn. So this morning, as always, let's spend some time in prayer and in contemplation. For this morning, I'd like for us to just take a few moments to identify and thank God for the relationships in our life. Some of these relationships which may be particularly challenging, but at the same time you can see that God has divinely placed these relationships that provoke spiritual maturity and growth. And I want you in your own way to even name these people, perhaps these are people who are in your life right now, 
or people you have uh, come across in the past and whatever you have gone through have really shaped you into the person that you are today for the better and I want you to thank God for these people even the thorny moments even the ones that are really challenging and painful thank God for these formative moments that in His grace He has allowed for these things to happen such that we may mature into His image and so let's spend a few moments in quiet contemplation bringing to mind these people and I want us to enter into a time of gratitude, to thank God for these people, to thank God for His grace that's extended to us even through these relationships. Let's spend a few moments doing so. Awesome. Let me pray for you even as a beginner day. Father, we thank you for the relationships that are in our life. God, we thank you that you have brought and you have ordained people to enter into our lives. And God, we pray that we may identify through the eyes of grace people that you have brought in your sovereign plan and will to mature us, to provoke us, and to grow, to develop the fruit of the Spirit in us. God, may we not reject people who are different or people who challenge us or people who just rub us the wrong way but may we learn to embrace these people and recognize that they are agents of transformation that you have so uh, graciously given to us may we not just gravitate towards a like-minded exclusive community but may we gravitate and yearn for people who embody and have the mind of christ such that we may too be conformed into your son's image more and more we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Daily. Have a great day ahead. I'll see you again in the next episode. Grace and peace. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to The Daily Podcast. We'll have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg, or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.